Hello and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with yous, the unabashedly upstanding and the unequivocally upbeat Ooper duper, Mary Abijay. <laughs> Hi, Chris DeSantis. Those were great. You know, I've been looking forward to the use because they're so fun. All right. So hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Mary Abijay, and I'd like to introduce to you my co-host, the urbane, the upright, the unwavering, the unafraid and the unstoppable Chris DeSantis. <laughs> and I gave you four, you gave me five. That was <laughs> I know. Well, I was on a roll. I, it was good. What, well, what I do is because I don't, I never know what you're going to say. So I usually have a string of like eight adjectives uh, and I have the ones highlighted that I want to use, but then I forget which ones you use. And so then I just, I just shoot my wad. I like, although I had trouble with this word unequivocally, unequivocally. Well, That's a hard one to say. Unequivocal. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough word. That is a tough one to say, but you you came, you brought, you you did it. You were I gave able it to, to you. actually get it done. Uh, all right. So, Chris DeSantis, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. This is I'm, I'm excited about this episode because this episode really strikes very close to home. So, well, this will yes. be fun. How so about before- you? I well, you know, I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited to see you, and I am going to uh, start today's show with a little uh, viewer comment. Oh, I love that. Okay, good. All right, so this viewer comment is, oh, look, it's about me. <laughs> oh, how lovely. Surprise. Uh, and it says, hey, Mary and Chris, catching up on your 2021 year-end episodes, and I'm emailing just in case there are any more copies of Managing Up that may not have been electronically spoken for. Ha, ha, ha. Signed, Francis and Frederick. Uh, and by the way, uh, if you still want a book, for those of you who still want a Managing Up book, go ahead and email us. We'll do five more uh, after this episode, just because I'm feeling kind of generous today. Well, I would like them to include a question. I think it's good to throw in a question. Well, so Jody H., was it Jody? I think it was Jody or somebody sent a question in who uh, said to uh, you, I should have pulled that comment up that said, uh, I want a book, but because Chris really wants a question, here's a question. Oh, yes. That was, <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, Jody, I think we're going to be, we're going to be using your question in an upcoming episode. <laughs> yes, we will. All right. So Chris DeSantis, we're like, I don't know, 50 episodes in and we're finally going to do an episode on one of the my most favorite topics, one of the things I talk about the most, one of the things I think are so relevant and prevalent in our work life, and that is introverts and extroverts. Hmm. What's it like for introverts to work with extroverts? And what's it like for extroverts to work with introverts? And how can we all just get along? Mm-hmm. So Chris, before we start, let's give a brief description of what we mean by extroversion and introversion. I'll give my definition and then you tell me what your definition is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I've always understood introversion, extroversion to be about mainly your source of energy 
and your focus of energy. So introverts tend to get energized from within, uh, meaning they need a lot of time alone to recharge. They have what's called a lower threshold for external stimulus, which is other people, right? Mm -hmm. And extroverts have a higher threshold from for external stimulus, their energy and focus tends to be towards the, they tend to be energized by the outside world and that's where they put their focus. Of course, they still need time to recharge alone like introverts do. They just don't need it as much or as frequently. So that's how I've always understood introversion, extroversion. Do you see it differently? No, I, I'm with you on this, Mary. I, I like your definition. In fact, if you're, if uh, I, I, to expand on that, because it, if we think of this, Introversion is real. Extroversion is a spectrum. Yes. So it's not polar in the sense that you are either or, but you're somewhere along the spectrum. So if we think of it that way, some of us are extreme at one end or extreme at the other, but most of us somewhere along this. And then there are other labels. There's a thing called an ambivert. And an ambivert is somebody who sort of falls in the middle, where an omnivert, by distinction, is someone who can be both extroverted and introverted, depending on the situation. So I'm an omnivert. So I call myself a highly functioning introvert, which Mm -hmm. really is more of an omnivert. But for me, it's the I am an introvert, but I've learned the skills uh, of an extrovert. So I'm able to appear as an extrovert. Most people think I am, where in fact, I'm just faking them along and just faking it be uh, extrovert. How about you? I, I'm I'm an introvert. You know how I've, I've uh, learned that I'm, I'm, I'm really truly an introvert, not about this, just about getting energy and all that, but it's about how easily I'm startled. Oh, me too. I'm easily startled. So if somebody walks around a corner or something, I, whoa, whoa, what was that? You know, and, and, and they're looking at me like, what's, what's the deal? It's, <laughs> it's, it's an elevator door. It opens, you know. So, <laughs> so in that sense, uh, I get that. And, and I thought, and that came as a trait for, you know, this, this excessive stimulation and all that, or the, you yeah. know, that, and, and I, that comes from the book Quiet by, what was her name? Susan Cain. Susan, Susan Cain's yeah, book, that's which is book. an interesting book on that. So I, I figured, yeah, that really speaks to me. You know, I love you said that because my husband is constantly startling me. Like, and I know he's in the room and or I'll know he's like, and he'll come in and I get startled and he thinks it's really funny. So he does it to me all day long. Uh, but I had, you know, until you said that, I've never connected the two. Yeah. But yeah, so that's interesting. The other the other reason I know I'm, you know, a highly functioning introvert, which mm-hmm. also is called a gregarious introvert, is that um, <laughs> I have never, ever gone to a meeting where I didn't secretly hope the other person did show up. <laughs> I always secretly hope that they're going to cancel or they're not going to show up. That's, that's, that's my introversion. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Do people experience you as an introvert? Of course not. Because remember now, I, I, I work for myself. And so when I go out there, I'm in role. Yeah. And this role. is one of the problems people uh, assume that they've defined somebody as introvert or extrovert by virtue of who they see, but they have to take into account the situation the person's in. Yeah, I think context. that's right. It's so easy to assume. Like people, I would always, assume you're an extrovert. Yeah, most people do, and then my team will be like, "Oh no, she's not." <laughs> yeah, my husband, like my husband, knows I'm. I, I, when I married him, I thought he was an introvert mm-hmm. until I realized he likes to chat a lot. And I'm just like, I don't want to talk. Like, I don't well, talk talk at all on the weekends to anybody. I don't see anybody ever. I, I would be. 
he could still be an introvert and like to chat a lot in certain veins of interest because yeah. yeah. he likes the arts and he, yeah. you know he likes astrology. There are things he likes, and I think he will go off on those things. I think he's I think he's an introvert extrovert. I think he's mm. actually more of an extrovert that has uh, um, that's stuck but, with an introvert. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he's like a, what I think is called a shy extrovert. If you do like the type two, like whatever. Anywho, we could talk about ourselves. All I know day. it's so good though. <laughs> but people like us because we're a great audience. <laughs> <laughs> and people, just because we introverts aren't talking doesn't mean we're actually listening to you either. <laughs> people are always like, you're such a good listener. And I'm thinking, I have no idea what you just said. But I, just because my mouth isn't moving, you think I'm, it's a secret for us introverts. I can't believe I just shared the secret so that all everyone <laughs> now funny. knows that we introverts are not as great oh, listeners as we great. say. We well, are. we got to get right. on with this, I guess. We got to get on. I got three questions for, for okay, you. Okay, uh, great. One is uh, from someone dealing with an introvert. One is from someone having to deal with extroverts and one is someone who needs to quote unquote overcome their introversion so the first question is from talk to me in tallahassee uh dear cubicle confidential uh help i have a colleague who is a really bad communicator We are partnering on a project that requires us to work closely together, but her lack of communication is driving me to distraction. I think she might be an introvert. She's very nice, but working with her has become very challenging, especially while we are remote. She rarely reaches out to me with information that I need and getting her input is like pulling teeth. While I totally understand that introversion is normal, it is driving me and quite frankly, others on the project crazy. I don't want to be a nuisance, but come on, give me something. How do I get her to share information or interact with me in a normal way? (laughs) Talk to me in Tallahassee. Definitely needs our help, Chris DeSantis. Wow. I think we're going to change talk to me's life right now. Let's yeah, this is going to be life changing. So, uh, but there's a, there's a lot to unpack here, Tally. So my first concern is that you might be conflating. You're talking about poor communication, and at the same time, you're supposing she's an introvert. And I think these are two different things. So let's start off with what we know. She seems to have a tendency to be reactive rather than proactive in her exchanges. That's what we know. This can be related to introversion or can simply be uh, that she's uh, she's learning more, she's leaning more towards caution in her interactions. So she may not like to be seen as being wrong, which can explain her reticence about reaching out. She may also be conflict adverse. And you, what I'm hearing is as an extrovert, you might be one who thinks out loud and therefore comments on when she makes a suggestion. And annoying. (laughs) And annoying in the same frame, right? So also, we're assuming the problem's with her and not you, right? Again, annoying. Annoying, yeah. You're assuming she should operate as you operate without explaining how you best operate or even understand what she needs from you to work effectively. I think this is a communications issue, but it's one between you and her and not solely her issue. So my advice is to explain what you need, uh, how you need it, and why you need it. I would set up a Zoom call because you want to see her, you want to have an exchange with her, and I say, how can we work more effectively in 2022? Ask her, is there anything that you can start, stop, or continue doing that would facilitate the kind of outcomes you're looking for? And once you understand what she needs, tell her what you want to, you, what you want, uh, uh, you want her to do, or you need her to do to do the job well. Because you need more information. That's clearly what you said. You need more information and you need it. Typically, you need it volunteered. 
So ask for her suggestions. How do we accomplish that so the two of you can work together with fewer frustrations? Now, before the call's over, you do a recap. You say, okay, here's what I heard. Tell me what you heard. And what are we going to do uh, basically going forward? And then once she does it, name it when you see it and say, thank you. That was I really appreciate that. So I any- love that. So Chris, you like say... <laughs> Your advice is basically be an adult, (laughs) have a conversation with this person, explain your needs and work out some sort of communication protocols and processes. Yeah. That, I love that. That is so great. Um, yeah, because that's what you have to do. We have to like talk with each other. We just can't assume that collaboration and cooperation are going to happen. Right. We've got, we should talk about it, set the stage for success. Um, all right, I'm going to add just a few more things. And these are, these are assuming, I'm going to assume that she actually is an introvert. So I'm just going to give talk to me just Oh, a I couple. think she's an introvert. I do. Yeah, I, I so, agree yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give talk to me just some general very pragmatic, boots on the ground tips for dealing with introverts and work. Uh, so first of all, stop calling her, email her, you know, uh, schedule time with her, like get on her calendar, be proactive. If you're going to wait for an introvert to reach out to you, guess what, honey? You might be waiting a really long time. Uh, so, you know, my, my team... <laughs> introverts don't love pop-ins they don't love like the sudden phone calls we hate those uh my team we have a rule in my company my team has to text me (laughs) if they want to talk to me on the phone (laughs) and i know that sounds awful yes it does (laughs) but when i talk about my workshops all my introvert bosses raise their hand and go me too me too because it's jarring it's startling uh for the introverts that is jarring it is jarring so just quick text hey you have five minutes uh so be proactive if you want information from her or you have questions, it can be very helpful for an introvert to send those questions ahead of time. Mm, Let her know what you want to talk about. Send good. the agenda, right? Because Chris, we introverts like to internally process for a right. few minutes. We don't like to have to like think out loud um, very much. We are and qualitative give, versus quantitative speakers. There you go. Uh, so give her time to think about this. Give her time to process. If you need information, as Chris said, you're going to have to request it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that introver- introverts don't want to share so it doesn't occur to them to share mm-hmm. so you are going to have to uh pull some teeth a little bit for information um you're going to also need to have a little bit of silence one of the worst things you can do uh is if you ask it for a question to then go ahead and keep talking like so <laughs> shut the pie hole eight <laughs> seconds of silence right? <laughs> let give them the space and just be patient and then everything else chris said about the expectations the needs the wants those are critical but those are my general, you know, here's, here's, here's how you deal with us creatures called introverts. Yeah. I, one other thing I would add is you, you are obviously disinclined to want to work with introverts. And this yeah. is, and you, what you want to do is surround yourself with those who are different than you. Yeah. And this is an aspect of difference that you should be embracing. Yeah. And I think he should go read Quiet by Susan yes. King because I think, you know, to understand introverts. Uh, and we're going to talk, uh, the third question is about an introvert who is a manager. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, and by the way, you know, everyone knows about introversion, extroversion. The project team could, you could all sit around and talk about your introversion, extroversion communication preferences. Like the oh, whole like project that. team should do what I call the SOP of me, the standard operating procedure of me, and talk about your communication priorities, your preferences, your pet peeves. And then everyone should try to adapt everybody else a little bit. I think that's great advice. 
Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always a fan of rules of engagement, yeah, me especially too. with these virtual environments. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's so funny because people don't take the time to actually say, like, how do we work together? How do you mm -hmm. like to work? Here's how I like to work. And let's figure out some protocols that work for each other. It's such an easy conversation. But for some reason, we all just dive right in. Like, well, I know when you have clients, don't you have that conversation with your clients about how you want to communicate, what things look like? In terms of, in terms of, when you're setting up a, a client engagement, if it's going to oh, be a long, yes. like if it's going to be a more of a consulting, not like a one-off, but like, yes. don't you want to know how they like to communicate? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I also think too that as this this person who's wrote written to us is extroverted. They fill in the quiet. You know, they fill yeah. in, so they don't they're not always giving space to another. Yeah, and yeah. that was why I loved your point about eight seconds. Yeah. You know, and just so you know, uh, talk to me, uh, you really do want to like, like monitor that excessive social chit chatting because nothing is going to drive an introvert away from you faster <laughs> right. than a whole bunch of mindless chit chat. So <laughs> shut the pie hole. Um, all right. <laughs> I think we helped you. Sally. I think we did too. Um, all right. So are you ready for question number two? Yes, please. All right. So question number two is from Need My Space in Needham. Dear Mary and Chris, my company plans to return to the office in Q2 of 22. Oh, that rhymes. Q2 of 22. 22. To be honest, I loved the peace and quiet that came with working from home. I'm telling you, sister, I get you. Uh, while we get to retain some work from home flexibility, we will be expected to work from the office at least three days a week. Here's my problem. Our office has one of those ghastly uh. open space office plans, which I find to be terribly distracting. I have, I have a hard time concentrating with all the distractions and disruptions. I've come to realize that I might be an introvert in a sea of extroverts. So how do I survive? P.S. I love my job and my company. So I do want to make this work. Signed, mm. I need my space and need them. Oh, first of all, I love her word. I love the word ghastly. So I, I assume it was like her. Ghastly. I don't know. So I love that word. She's very Victorian. Uh, I love it. And you know, I am not a fan of the open space. No, Remember the no. craze of the open space? No, I hate oh, it. Oh, oh, such a stupid idea. I think created by a bunch of extroverts. Anyway, Chris, what is your take on, on this question? Well, you know, I can sympathize with her because I don't, I, again, and with you saying this open space, I think they're terrible. I think it's like working in a cafeteria. Um, <laughs> I, I think you, it does lead to unnecessary distractions and interruptions and, and the noise, though, even though they have white noise filters. So unless the, and also unless the majority of the work being done requires us to be in proximity or in meetings, uh, then I, I think uh, I agree with Virginia Woolf. Um, a person needs a room of their own. Mm. So, yep. and the mistake, uh, you, I guess the mistake you made in, in your question to us is assuming you are in a sea of extroverts. Mm. This may not be the case because the population is between 25 and 40% introverted to some degree. And so the mis other mistake people make, they confuse uh, confusing the private person with the role they are in or the topic they are addressing. Remember when I mentioned Chris earlier, he might be an introvert in some situations, but he becomes very extroverted when we get on 
to the topic of art. So, but if you're in a role as well that requires you to be extroverted, then of course you will engage in that behavior. And so what we do though is we look at these behaviors and then we make the assumption, ah, they must be extroverted as opposed yeah. to me. It's a perceptual bias that we might have. So my advice then, when you get back to the office is experiment. Create either, create, um, uh, create or make some ad hoc private spaces. I would I would make some private spaces. The mo and now here's the deal. Use these private spaces and this might be something where you 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 have file cabinets in a corner, whatever you need to do to do this. But you, a, you want a blanket tent, a blanket, a blanket board, <laughs> which I think is a hoot. But if you could create some sense of privacy and what you want to do is you want to find a senior executive who uses it at any point in time. And then you want to buy them coffee and you want to say, "Oh my god, you feel like I feel." Is there a way we can get more of these study carols or quiet spaces for people like us? You see, if you have a successful experiment where somebody is attracted to it who is in a position of power, you might be able to move the dime. The problem I face when you go to HR and you say, oh, we should have uh, more private spaces, they're a reactive organization and they're not necessarily interested in your single voice, but they will certainly react more positively if it was came from a senior executive. Yeah, so. Nice. So I, again, I would go out here and say, do the private space. If somebody says, oh, you can't stack those boxes, or you can't do that. You say, no yeah. blanket forts. There's no blanket forts. We, look at the policy. There is no blanket forts, which is very funny. So, but I think you could do that because the only, the only alternative left is get those white, uh, those white noise um, yeah. headphones. Yeah, those are all great advices. I love it. Um, and I think my, I think my answers are going to completely compliment and dovetail yours. Uh, so I'm going to start off by saying this. When you go back to the open office plan with Chris and I both agree is the worst, worst. idea ever created by man. Um, well, and then I'm they put wheels sure. on all the furniture too, which I love that. I um, so you're going to need to also be prepared to take uh, care of your need for alone, alone time. So you're going to, you know, it, whether it's making your blanket for or making sure that you are taking a lunch break or something where you are carving out alone time during the day for your recharging, because uh, you're going to need that. Yes. Um, so on the days when you're going into the office, make sure you're building in some quiet time if you can't make your blanket for it. Uh, the other thing, as Chris said, is you're not alone. Alone. Uh, there are other people, other introverts in your organization. You need to find them. Yeah. You need to build a coalition. You need to, there are strengths in numbers and devise a plan uh, and then talk to your boss. The truth is there are now a ton of studies out there that shows what the complete fallacy of open workplaces are. So start collecting some of these studies. Talk to your colleagues, or as Chris said, other introverted executives executives and start to make a plan or a pitch for carving mm -hmm. out some quieter spaces. And as Chris said, look for the quieter spaces and see if you can't, you know, hotel there or set up there. Um, also, Plan on being a little less productive right. <laughs> on the days that you're in the office and see if you can't sort of uh, schedule your- Your collaborative work. work. Yeah, focus on the collaborative work when you're in the office and really see if you can't you know, focus on your more concentrated work when you're remote in a quiet right. area. So really think through what you are doing and where you are doing it and make sure you're using the right environment to get the right quality of work. And as Chris said, like, are there quiet corners? Can you wear headphones? Um, 
at the end of the day, I think that this is a problem best solved as a group. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll really do yourself and others, including the extroverts, well if you raise this to a group conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, how you do that depends on your boss and your relationship and stuff like that. But I agree with Chris, like create, like, create conversations around this because mm -hmm. I promise you, you're not the only one that hates this open space. I, and by the way, you you know the signs for when people don't like to be in this space because you live that. So yeah. look for people that are in looking for corners as you are looking for corners who, who have made their own tents in advance of your own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this also then gives you gives you more uh, more ammo. I don't use the word ammo, but I just did. More ammo for your boss. So you got yeah. your studies. You also got your observances. Like there are no quiet corners. I think we need more. Yes. Um, it's like when I, so I live in Washington, D.C. people. So whenever I have to go to New York or when I got to go to New York pre-pandemic, uh, right. I always take the train. Uh, the oh, Amtrak train. And I took I take that the, I take the Acela because it's the fancy train. But I tell you, when I first started taking this train, I always sit in the quiet car. It was empty. Now the quiet car is the most crowded car there is. Like it, Is that where the crazy. bar is? No, you got to walk like two things out for the bar. But you know what? I'm telling you, I was I was going to New York and I ran into one of my clients at a law firm. He was a CEO of a very, very one of the top five biggest law firms uh -huh. in the country. And I hadn't gotten my wine yet. And he was like, You're not drinking the Amtrak wine, are you? And I was like, Well, yeah, I'm drinking. And he's like, wait a minute. And he goes in his bag and he always stops at the liquor store and buys high quality wine to take no on the way. train. And it never occurred to me, what they don't a good care. Idea. I know. It never occurred to me to bring my own wine on the train but now i do wow but i've always thought the glamour of that going to the bar car i thought that was so 1960 well i still go for a diet pepsi or some ice just because it's fun to go but uh yeah no i bring my own wine i'm not drinking the rock gut there anymore anyway <laughs> <laughs> but that client was also an introvert so he wanted like anyway uh all right so i think we have solved this problem yes i uh, need my space and need you're welcome now. need them I know you're welcome. You can thank us with money. Um, all, right. all right. So my last question uh, yeah. is from Introverted in Indiana. Mm. Okay. All right. So, of course, now I got so excited about my wine story. Okay. Uh, introverted in Indiana. Dear Cubicle. Oh, you're going to love this question. Dear Cubicle, I need your help. Here's my situation. I've just I've just been promoted to a team manager. Congratulations, condolences. Uh, my boss told me that in order to succeed in this new role, I need to quote overcome my introversion. Ooh. End quote. What the hell well. is he right? And if he is right, what does that even mean? Am I supposed to become someone I'm not? Is it even possible to become an extrovert? What can I do? What should I do? Any and all suggestions are welcome. Introverted in Indiana. Love this question. Yeah, that's interesting. You I'm want me to take it, it first, first then? Yeah, do it, baby. Okay, well, first of all, uh, this is one of those advising with conclusions instead of talking <laughs> about uh, uh, what your manager actually sees, meaning that they're not talking about the behaviors, they're just, they're just talking about the conclusion. You need to be more introvert or more extroverted. And so uh, I think what they're really saying, it's code for, I need you to be more assertive, whatever that means as well, right? So it must be very frustrating because uh, there's nothing in the statement that clearly identifies as to what... Uh, what he's asking you to do to do this. 
or that you even need to. And frankly, it yeah. sounds like he wants you to be as he is. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> you know what this is? This is this is a case of uh, trait ascription bias. Ah. And that what that means is, listeners, is it's the tendency for people to view themselves as quite uh, uh, relatively variable relative to their own personality. Like, oh, I'm different in different situations. But when they look at other people, they think, oh, that's who you are all the time with whatever you are showing me. Yeah. You see what the, it's Yeah, yeah. It's very biased. It's and we vi- all tend to like the way we are. So we want, we want other people to be more like exactly, us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, he may well be uh, super extroverted and in meetings dominate the floor. And so you would appear to him as introverted, regardless as to whether you were or weren't. He might just be yeah. taken over all the time. So, uh, and further, he thinks extroversion is the key to succeeding. Another false assumption. The point being is you've already been promoted, right? He doesn't, yeah. and he doesn't see you interact with teammates, so he doesn't know how value, you know, how valuable uh, his suggestion actually is, because you were promoted because you got performance from others, and if you got performance from others, you must be doing something right here. So yeah. um, make him um, make him share the behaviors before, and and then say, is there anything in what he is saying to me that I want to try on? Yeah, I like that. Then, and, and if you like any of those things, fine. If you don't, I would, I would continue to deliver great results and be who you are, not who he wants you to be. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So I'm going to go a little bit different in angle, uh, which I don't think is, is, uh, I think it will complement what you said, because I agree with, I agree with you. Um, I think that, you know, first of all, you need to know, um, uh, introverted Indiana, that introvert, introverted people can and do make wonderful, great bosses, right? Mary's one. I'm one, um, but here's the thing. Uh, managing others does require a certain level of extroversion. Uh, you do really have to be able to somehow raise your threshold for external stimulus or external activity because your people need and want stuff from you. So this is actually a great opportunity, regardless of what he says, you're not overcoming anything. I want you to think <laughs> about this as an opportunity to build some extroverted muscles. As Chris said, try on some of these behaviors and see how you can hold them. Because the truth is, the more that we can effectively interact and dance with different types and different preferences, the more successful you can be yes. with all kinds of people. So use this as a muscle building opportunity. Um, I will say America tends, as Chris said earlier, tends to be a very extroverted country. We're a loud country that never mm-hmm. shuts the hell up, right? Mm-hmm. And so we do expect managers and leaders to be more extroverted. I think that there's a study, every study shows like something like 75% of CEOs type as extroverted, even if they're not, because we are brought up to believe that leaders must be extroverted. So I'm going to give you just a couple of tips uh, that you can help build your extroverted muscle. Uh, number one, be authentic and transparent about your preference for introversion. Let your new team, because you're a new manager, help them manage up to you by telling them how you want to communicate, what works for you, and find out what works for them. Just like I said earlier, my team knows that they want to talk to me, they should text me first. I always say yes, but I feel more prepared. So be authentic about what you need. Um, so give them, and let them know what the best way is to get your attention. Um, when you are with them or when you're talking, tossing around ideas, I want you to speak up or at least explain your silence. So oftentimes what happens is someone will give an introvert an idea and we'll just look at them. Mm. And then, you know, if you're the boss, people Mm -hmm. immediately think, oh my God, 
she hates my idea. Right. <laughs> oh, she doesn't say anything. So speak up, say, huh, interesting. Let me think about that. Or I'm just going to process that for a minute because extroverts will misinterpret your silence all day long. So explain it. Do a little chit-chatting, engage a little bit in the extroverted, like, hi, how are you? I know a lot of introverts just kind of walk through the world with blinders on. So make sure you're being a little chit-chatty. Do be a little proactive about reaching out to them. Remember, uh, they want you to reach out to them. So don't always make them come to you. Uh, make sure you also take time for your time alone to recharge in the office. So if you're back in a physical office, you know, if you need alone time, uh, you know, come in an hour early or take your lunch breaks. But, you know, when you're managing a team, they're going to be on you like, you know, fly. So make sure you are carving out some alone time. So those are just a few ideas that um, I think can help introverts build some extroverted muscle. But let me make one more point for, for Indiana yeah. here is that let's make sure He's actually talking about introversion. That's why you have to make yeah. sure you get back to them and say, what do you mean by that? What does that look like? Because he could be conflating as well. So he could. But if she, I, I assume from this question that she actually knows she was an introvert uh, and felt ah, like, okay. so if she yeah. knows, that, yeah, because you're actually right. Like, if, if you're not an introvert, then you got to go back and find out. But if you are an introvert, I'm just going to say you're going to have, I think this is a great time to build some extrovert muscles. I agree. Because it can be very helpful with your team. Stretch. Unless your team's all full of introverts, and then you're all going to be <laughs> happy as non-talkative clams. It's going to be fabulous. Um, all right. <laughs> it's a funny Chris DeSantis, yet again, for two introverts, we we were able to gab it up for a little over 30 I minutes. I know. Aren't we chatty Cathy's for two introverts? <laughs> you know, everyone's listening to, to us saying they are delusional. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not, people. But we do thank you for listening to our little chat fest today. Um, and we want to thank, of course, our amazing, we think extroverted uh, uh, executive producer, Mr. Jack Edinger. Uh, if you have a workplace question, a cubicle dilemma, a quagmire, uh, you can reach out to us. You can email us at info at cubicleconfidential.com. You can tweet us at cubicleconfide. You can find us on LinkedIn, Cubicle Confidential, Chris DeSantis, or Mary Abajay. We're everywhere. And until we see you next week, work hard, be kind, extroverts, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't, Call us. <laughs> Jack, let's hear some music. <laughs>